Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, and welcome to In All Honesty, the podcast where you get the honest answers you didn't know you needed. I'm Michelle Alman and I'm a five board accredited life coach and I use my experience from this to answer all the questions that have been on your mind lately. This week we are talking about breakups. Breakups, whether they are romantic or platonic relationships, are tough and I think there are so many rules and suggestions on how to get over one and how to heal from a breakup and how long it should take and what you should do, should you talk to them or have no contact, can you be friends after a breakup, or is it better left as it is? Who gets the mutual friends after a breakup? All these things are put out in our society as black and white questions with all or nothing answers, and that is just not the case. Every situation is different, and I don't believe there is actually a right or wrong way to do things but I do believe there are things that make it easier and harder to move on and get over your ex. For me, how most of my breakups have worked is I have actually broken up with them and I have had quite a bad tendency in the past to check out of the relationship before it actually ends, usually about a month before. I don't do this anymore, but uh, I definitely have in the past. So by the time we have actually broken up, I can't say any of my breakups have been heart-wrenching or brutal or heartbreaking in any way because I kind of already moved on the month before. In fact, I used to have this really weird idea And I generally don't know where this came from, that every person should go through one brutal, heartbreaking, heart-wrenching breakup, and that it's very formative and leads to better relationships later. I have since got rid of that belief because it's not helpful, and I have literally no clue where that belief came from, so you shouldn't hold on to beliefs where you have no reasoning or understanding behind it. Um, But it was probably one of those things that got created out of watching a romantic movie when I was very young. It was an idea I used to have in my teenage years, but it makes absolutely no sense. And I was telling a friend about it recently, and just as I was about to say it, she said, oh, I know what you're going to say. And she said the exact same idea. And she doesn't know where hers comes from either, because I asked her, I was like, mine makes no sense. So why do we both have the same belief? And where did this come from? 
The only explanation I have is the media because so many people in the movies go through that heart-wrenching breakup and then they come out a better person and they've learned so much from it and I definitely think you can learn so much from a breakup um, as you can from any life change or transition if you use it as an opportunity for growth. So in my life, I have usually been the person to break it off and I've always stopped contact there and then. I don't attempt to stay friends with them because with every guy I've been in a relationship with, it's been off a dating app. So I kind of have the belief if we weren't friends before, why would we be friends after? In fact, I delete all exes numbers and I delete them off social media. So I currently don't actually have a single number in my phone to reach out to if I get sad or lonely or drunk because after a few drinks, I am vulnerable to that same thing of texting an ex at two o'clock in the morning and I don't like it when I'm that kind of person. So I don't give myself the option to do it by not having a number in my phone. My first ever relationship was probably the only one where we attempted to stay friends after and it lasted, our friendship lasted for about a month after our breakup and to be honest then it really affected me because he was actually texting me more when we weren't in a relationship than when we were in a relationship and one of the main reasons we broke up was because how little we saw each other and how little I heard from him and he never made any effort or made plans to see me but then suddenly as soon as we were broken up it was like the pressure had lifted and he was texting me all day wanting to see me all the time And then one day he made this really passive-aggressive joke, uh, the kind of jokes he used to make throughout our entire relationship. But I had a different mentality because I wasn't in a relationship with him and was like, well, I don't need to put up with this anymore. I wouldn't let a friend speak to me like this. Bearing in mind I was 20 years old, I should have never let a boyfriend speak to me like this. But since I was 20 years old, I would have tolerated it from a boyfriend and not a friend. I simply asked for an apology and it led to this really big blow-up and... I still kept him on Facebook, Um, I still kept his number and we would talk every now and then. In fact, um, if you've read my first book, Am I Ugly? I talk about him, he's Rory in the book and that's not his real name. Um, I've changed all the book names in my first book and I've actually uh, shown him the paragraph about him. It was just over Facebook Messenger and it was about three years after we broke up and he asked me what I was up to, I was telling him I was writing a book Um, He asked me what kind of book. I said it was a memoir and he said, am I in it? And I said, maybe. Would you like to read your section? Just because I thought I should be transparent about it. And when he read the section, his response was, you could have written a lot worse. And he's right. I could have written a lot worse, but my book wasn't about him. So I kept out the worst of our relationship and only really added in the parts that served my story and my personal growth at the time that he entered my life but I do credit him for a lot of uh, distraction that helped me get through my PTSD at the time (laughs) but it was this learning experience that taught me that it's just so much easier to make a clean break so when I was 22 I actually got rid of every single person I'd ever dated on all social media and I did this big cull got rid of all the numbers And now I definitely prefer the clean break. It's just so much simpler. You create room for new people in your life. And as I said, if we weren't friends before, then why would we be friends after? So I don't attempt to do the friends things anymore. I do remove them all off social media instantly the moment we break up. And I also delete their number instantly. My mentality is if they still want to reach out, they still can. They still have my number. But at least on my end, I know I won't be reaching out. 
I mean, considering my Instagram account, my Scarred Not Scared one, is public, even removing them from my private Instagram account doesn't really do much because they can still see Scarred Not Scared. And some of them still do. In fact, one day, because on stories, I have so many people watching my stories, I can't actually go through the entire list. One day I was bored and I was actually scrolling through and I did see the name of a number of my exes and it did make me think, how long have they been following me because I never dated any of them while I had the account? but had clearly found the account because Instagram does that like matching or find your friends thing. Um, And it did make me curious how many exes are watching my public stories, even if I've removed them off my private account. A lot of the reason why I do this, the deleting and the clean break, is actually self-protection. Post-breakup, I think it's part of the journey to process and question whether you made the right decision or not. And seeing their lives move on without you via social media, I believe, makes it harder. So when it's a clean break, you make it as a finite decision and you don't go back and forth questioning your decision. And I believe the hardest thing you can do for yourself when you're trying to get over a breakup is turn it into this on again, off again situation and going back and forth. And that's just not something I want in my life. So those are my views on my own personal breakups. But as I said, every person is different. Every person will heal and process differently. So let's get into a few other contexts. Hey, Michelle, I hope you're doing okay. I have a guy best friend. We've been best friends for the last two years. But then he confessed to having feelings for me. So in the end, we just decided to stay good friends because we didn't really want to ruin what we had. Now, after that, he completely cut off from me and it got me really worried, but I felt that I should probably give him the space. And so I did. But five months into the silence and all the silence treatment, I just decided to confront him and I asked him what was actually happening because I was having some trouble trying to understand what was happening with our friendship. And he sat me down and told me that, you know, talking to me was just triggering his emotions and his feelings for me. And he really, really, really liked me, but he knew that it wouldn't really work. And he was having some trouble getting over those feelings for me. So he wasn't really talking to me much. And so I said he could take all the space and time that he wanted. And I was to be here for him. But after that, he hasn't been sharing everything with me. And it it just feels like we're drifting apart. And it's like, you know, when you're best friends with someone, I know you have boundaries. But we were just something else back then. But we're not the same right now. And I really, really want to have him in my life. And I'm not really sure as to what you're supposed to do when your best friend has feelings for you and really likes you. But you don't really know how you're supposed to deal with a situation and still protect friendship in whatever you have. Thanks, and I'm sending you lots of hugs from India. Hey Em, this is such a painful situation, but ultimately, when one person has feelings for another person and those feelings aren't reciprocated, often the friendship becomes affected because essentially to him, the friendship will be seen as settling for something less And it can be painful for the other party to still have contact because it keeps that glimmer of hope alive that you could actually be a couple and reading into those small things that you do as friends. And when that's what you want, you want a relationship out of a friendship, it's really hard to stop yourself from reading into your behaviour 
So what might be a friendly interaction to you would give him hope and that can exacerbate any pain that he is feeling at the moment of feeling rejected or having love not reciprocated and that's not on you but that could be what he's going through. Anytime anyone asks me advice on whether to tell a friend that you like them, I always give them the advice that you have to be willing to lose the friendship because when one person makes that admission, not only is it hard to return before to when you are just friends, but you need both parties to be okay. It's really hard for the party who's told that friend that they like them to not see that friendship as some sort of consolation prize for what they actually want in the same way that I don't recommend anyone going into a friends with benefits relationship or a casual relationship with someone who doesn't want an actual relationship it's the same when you try to convince yourself you want a friendship when actually you want something more so the person who has the feelings your friend needs to be able to process their feelings and not hold out hope for something more and not see the friendship as settling but also the person in your position the person who has been told needs to be able to not feel awkward and it seems like you are capable of doing this and you just want the friendship to return but if he's not capable of doing his part the most loving thing you can do is to accept that and respect that when you say protect the friendship It actually seems to me like you are trying to hold on to a friendship that isn't being reciprocated anymore. And the likelihood is that the space and distance he is taking from you is actually what he needs to do for himself right now to move on. In situations like this, he might just need time. He might even need to be in a relationship to be able to resume the friendship. Or he might need you to be in a relationship so that the option of you two being in a relationship is closed. And that's a firm closed shut door but right now you can't really do much I understand that you said you were best friends and you used to be able to talk to each other about everything and he isn't talking to you about this but that's because you are not the person who can help him with this problem there is no fault here and no blame here but I often say you can't fix a problem you created you can't solve the feelings that you are actually creating by being around him so you need to have trust and faith that he has other people in his life who can help him through this situation and that he just needs to process it and get through it and the only thing you can really do is what you've already done and tell him that you'll always be there for him you're here if you want a friendship and that no matter how much time he needs you will still be here. It's a painful situation, but I truly believe this is what being a friend is, is giving him the time and space he needs, even if it's hurting you in the process, even if it's not serving you, even if you still want that friendship, because that's what he needs and that's what's serving him best and that's the best way he can get over this. I hope that gives you some reassurance that what you've done is the right thing and hopefully with some time passing, he'll be able to be back in your life in a friendship capacity. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This week, in Dissecting Dysfunctional Conversations, we are talking about Ugly Betty. Every week, I dissect dysfunctional conversations that I see on TV, and we use it as an opportunity to improve our own communication. This week's segment was actually sent in by a follower from a show that I watched years and years ago. Actually, I'm pretty sure I watched it as it aired, and remember a point in my childhood where I was always playing on Channel 4, like as repeats on the TV... I'm talking about a scene from season three where Betty has broken up with her boyfriend and when she comes back from her holidays, she sees him in the office and wants to be friends. But he does not want to be friends with her. He says he hates her and he'll never forgive her and she is banned from ordering from his cart and banned from his life. So Ugly Betty the show is quite a surreal universe so I'm not going to go into the details of the actual conversation and the actual language but what I will say is there is a lesson in boundaries here. When you are the person that causes the pain, you cannot be the person to fix it. And however that person chooses to heal, it is their prerogative. If they need you to be out of their life completely, then so be it. If you are the person who ended the relationship, I do not believe you are the person who gets to decide if you are going to stay friends. That is the other person's choice. Of course, it has to be a mutual choice. So if one person doesn't want to be in the friendship, whether it's the person being broken up with or the person who did the breaking up, then the friendship isn't going to happen. But it's also not going to work if you're the person doing the breaking up and then you're the one who wants the friendship because you tend to be the more healed out of the two or the one who's less surprised and less shocked. And he tells this to Betty much later. He says, a friendship is two ways. In a breakup, there is so much hurt and so much upset and to rebuild a friendship after a breakup can often be so much more painful for both parties. Later on in the episode, the dysfunction almost swaps around, as is often the case when someone doesn't respect your boundaries because if you're constantly being pushed and pushed and you say no and no and no and they aren't listening, then you start to say something hurtful to get them to leave you alone or go away. And this isn't right, but this is what tends to happen. And sometimes things that shouldn't be said were said because that initial boundary wasn't respected. So she keeps pushing him to be friends and shows him all the ways he changed her life after they were together. In fact, she's not showing him how the relationship changed her life. She's actually showing him all the ways the breakup changed her life. And that's not really fair. And again, it's exacerbating the pain of the breakup that he's clearly not over. He says she lives in Betty land, that she only really thinks about her and doesn't think about other people. And he asks her, so breaking up with me made your life better? And she reassures him saying, you're taking this wrong. Except that's not reassuring. And I don't think any conversation in the world has ever been made better by saying you are taking this wrong. 
And the thing is, the truth is, breaking up with him did make her life better. And that did provoke all the change in her life that was so positive. But as it should be, it would make me question why you broke up with them if your life didn't get better after a breakup. Of course, there's the like grieving and mourning period. But after that period, after a breakup, it should get better. And as controversial as it sounds, when he said she broke up with him without even thinking about him, I think that's the only way a breakup can work. Not to only think about him, but you have to think about yourself more than the other person you're in a relationship with, because otherwise, I don't think a breakup would ever actually happen if you are still caretaking or looking after the other person because you know the other person still wants a relationship, even if you don't. A breakup wouldn't happen. So of course you have to care about yourself more. Your concern for yourself has to be greater than your concern for them. Of course, do the breakup in the most compassionate, kind, caring way possible. But when he says you only really think about you, that's kind of how breakups works. If the relationship isn't serving one party, then you should still break up, even if the other party still wants to be in the relationship. And ultimately, it is actually worse for both parties if you stay in that relationship for the other person because you prevent that other person from someone who would actually be happy in that relationship. So this comment of you're taking this wrong, the conversation would have been helped so much more if she had actually said something along the lines of, I see where you're coming from, I see how you interpreted it that way and let me clarify, what I meant was, this would be the way to fix an interpretation without placing blame. Ultimately, a very messy conversation and one that is causing much more pain than is necessary and wouldn't have taken place if Betty had just respected her ex's boundaries when he said he didn't want to have any contact with her and stopped trying to fix his anger. Let him have his anger and have enough faith that he has people in his life and his own emotional capacity to heal the anger himself. That's where caretaking makes the situation so much more complicated. I actually loved watching this clip and it made me miss this show quite a lot, but I'm not sure if I went back and watched it. I would still enjoy it because I, from memory, seem to remember that this is quite a dated show now. Um, But who knows, I might pop back in um, and if you've watched Ugly Betty, I hope that brought back an old series and an old memory into your mind too. Hi Michelle. Um, I'm quite young. I'm 21, I'm a university student, and I met this guy uh, last year, and we were casually dating, didn't have a label on it, Um, but I knew from the get-go that he didn't want kids, and I didn't see that as a problem, um, because like I said, we were just very casual, Um, except now things are a little bit more serious. And we both have feelings for each other, except that he doesn't know that I'm leaning more towards having children. Uh, He's trans, so, um, and he didn't freeze his eggs or anything. Um, He doesn't want uh, biological children. I don't think I particularly want biological children either, um, because there's a lot of mental illness in the family um, on my mother's side, and... I don't really want to pass down the genetic component to that. And I know that I wouldn't want kids for a very, very long time. He's older than me. Uh, He's 25. Um, So he's closer to 
the whole like oh I'm getting married having kids than I am so I haven't really thought about it that much um but yeah I was wondering if I should break up with him because I think I want kids foster or adopt um and he doesn't even though the relationship hasn't even properly started yet and I feel way too young to be making such like choices about whether or not I should date someone based on something like that um and I'm scared that if I tell him he will break up with me um instead of me breaking up with him um because I really do care about him but I know that if we keep dating and our goals don't line up then it's just going to cause more hurt down the line so I think I already know my answer really um but yeah I just wanted to ask your advice uh Thank you. Hey there. So this is very strange because I was actually having this conversation this morning. So saying to a friend who is currently going through this exact thing that the two probably hardest deciding factors to stay in a relationship is when one wants kids and the other doesn't and when one wants to move across the world for a job but it would come at the sacrifice of another person's job. You are absolutely right in that you are preventing yourself from further pain in the future. But the first step in all of this is you need to get certain about what you want. Every time you said it within the voice note, you said, I think, with this sound of hesitancy in your voice. And you even say you haven't really thought about it that much. But you do need to think about it if you're going to be ending a relationship over it. You need to get clear in your head whether you do or don't want kids. And yes, I know you're young. And yes, I know you don't ever make a decision like this with full certainty until it actually happens. But I think you need to have more certainty than you currently have to make a decision on your relationship. And that might mean you need more time. I would remove the idea of who's breaking up with who because at the end of the day that truly does not matter and I would also remove the idea of you breaking up with someone as a finite decision that you take to them without actually having a conversation. There should always be a conversation about this regardless of what you decide and in this conversation it's also absolutely okay to not have a finite decision yourself. So to say something like, hey so I'm thinking I'm going to want kids at some point And I know you don't and I know it's early but it's just something on my mind so I just wanted to let you know. This is how to have healthy communicative relationships. Otherwise your partner will be sensing distance and won't understand what the distance is about and as a result he might pull away and that way if you do break up over this it doesn't come out of the blue and it isn't a shock to him because you've actually had a proper conversation about it. Because then you're also giving him a chance to see whether the no kids thing is definite in his head or if it's something that might change his mind in the future. Or maybe he's just uncertain about it at the moment. Have a conversation about it first. If you come to the conclusion you definitely want kids and he definitely doesn't, then it doesn't matter who ends it because there is an illusion that if you do the breaking up that it hurts less and sometimes that's the case but it's just not always true. It's not a competition and it's not a race to see who can break up first. This is an ego move so don't serve your ego because as much as your ego has your best interests at heart to make a decision based off your ego is not the wisest thing because ultimately if you break up regardless of who does the breaking up it's better off for both of you because as much as I believe you can date for the sake of dating you are dating in a situation that has an inevitable conclusion 
and as you said, it causes more pain. In terms of the age thing, I don't believe you are ever too young to make a decision concerning this because it puts you in a predicament of when is it long enough to leave the situation or leave the relationship. And then conversely, you don't want to be making a decision based on the idea of someone changing when you have no certainty that they will change their mind. So the only thing for you to do is to have a conversation about it. Make it a joint decision. And that could be you two parking the conversation for a year. Because as you said, the relationship hasn't even started. And so are you just worrying about something that won't be a factor in a year? Because maybe in a year you would have discovered they're too work focused. Or they don't have the same morals as you. Or the same values as you. And... So the main thing is communication, communication, communication and no more eager moves to try to win that relationship because the relationship should be a partnership and breaking up first means absolutely nothing. So sending you so much love. This week's three quick tips are on how to heal your breakup. Number one, write a list of every reason why you broke up. The list will come in handy when you start questioning your decision and romanticising the past and forgetting why you made the decision in the first place. Putting this list in an accessible place like the notes section of your phone and reading it so often will help the grieving process. Number two, create time to grieve. A breakup is a loss. It's a loss of a person. It's a loss of a future you're planning together. It's potentially a loss of a best friend as well. And all of that is going to hurt. So cry it out. Find the sadness in your body, whether it's in your heart or in your stomach. And let it hurt. Moving from a we to a me takes time and it's an adjustment process. So right now you are just going through the change but it will get better. Number three, go no contact. No contact is a term used in psychology and it simply means what it says. So delete them off social media, delete their number, give yourself a clean break from them. Stalking their social media is only going to extend the hurt because you will create stories about their life and those partial pieces of information you get from social media. And when you're going through a heartbreak, you'll find it really hard to remember and remind yourself that you do not have the full picture. Hi Michelle, I'm sending you a voice note about breakups. I recently broke up with my boyfriend of three years. Um towards the end of the relationship I was just really unhappy with how it was going um and I thought that once we broke up um I would feel a lot better and it would be like a weight was lifted off my shoulders but I still feel just as low and sad so my question is how do you know if after a breakup if you're sad because you're just going through a breakup and it's a sad time in your life or whether you're sad because it was the wrong decision thank you Hey there, this is such a normal phase to go through. We break up and we expect this feeling of certainty or confirmation that the decision we made was right. And when it doesn't come or we feel even worse than we did in the relationship, it can be really confusing. This is why I tell people to write a list the day you break up of all the reasons you broke up because it's really easy to lose sight of it. So if you haven't done that, I would suggest to do that now because then your feelings and your emotions won't cloud the logic and the rationale for that decision in the first place. Remind yourself of every single reason that was a problem at the end of the relationship and the next thing I would do is stop romanticising the past, stop romanticising the ex-relationship. Every single person does this during the breakup phase. 
we look back with those rose-tinted glasses and make the relationship much more perfect than it ever was. There is a reason you broke up, and if all those reasons are still there, there is absolutely no reason to get back together because nothing has changed. I know you're having a lot of feelings right now, but feelings should never be the reason you make a decision because each decision will provoke feelings anyway. And those feelings, whether it's sadness or loneliness or grief, are not confirmation that you made the right or wrong decision. You can make the best decision in the world and still have negative feelings arise. So in answer to your question, how you know you're just getting over a breakup is look at the facts. Let's say the problem in the relationship is they never made any effort and you were always the one making plans, organising things. All of that hasn't changed. And ultimately, staying in a relationship is wanting the other person to change when they are the one who has no interest or desire to change. You essentially want them to change, but you having that desire for them to change isn't going to make them change. I don't have enough context about your relationship, but 90% of the time, it is just the breakup that you are currently grieving. Three years is a big life change. Not only are you grieving the relationship, but the future that you had together. And that could bring up feelings of loneliness, but you have to go through it. The only times I've ever seen that a breakup was a wrong decision is when years have passed, the two people have changed significantly of their own doing because they wanted to change, and then they have reunited almost as two different people. And even in those situations, those people usually say that the breakup still wasn't the wrong decision because the change wouldn't have happened unless they had the space, distance and breakup to go through that life change. Also, even if you get back together, you still want to process all of those feelings around those relationships. So until you get through it, you won't know whether you've made the right decision. So that's why having the list is really handy. I don't want you to keep that in your mind though, because if you're still holding out hope of getting back together, you won't move on properly or fully. I have complete faith in you that you wouldn't have ended a three-year relationship on a whim. There were multiple reasons and probably multiple feelings and you're probably feeling it for a much longer time than you are remembering right now. So there were valid reasons and you just need to make a more conscious effort to remind yourself of those reasons. Often we think healing comes in this finite moment, but that's not how it works. It usually actually catches us off guard in a moment where we realise we haven't thought about our ex in ages or you've actually been really happy in the last week and then realise that you haven't felt that way in a while. What I would do to help the healing process along is I would write down everything you would want in a future relationship that this one did not provide you. I would also write down any red flags you missed, what you would have done differently and make these lists thorough. When I did this recently and it was only for a five month relationship, my list of what I want in my next partner that my ex-partner didn't provide for me was five pages long and that was only a five month relationship. I got so specific and wrote down things like, I want someone who picks up the phone more than they text. You don't do it from a place of blame or the I should have known better, but instead you do it from a place of let's turn this pain into something we can actually grow from. Keep these lists in an accessible place and it will mean you ground yourself into what you are actually feeling and not living in your head. Because the problem with living in your head is we change what actually happened into something that can actually hurt us more than the reality. And that's what happens when you continue to question your decision. So accept that the decision has been made. It's final. So stop opening up that box because the likelihood is you are only questioning the decision because it's easier to feel that confusion 
than the actual heartbreak of a relationship ending. So you can spend hours in your head about whether it's right or wrong, as opposed to actually sitting in your body, and that is the part that will actually help, the part where you let your heart properly break open and feel that pain. It will actually be a lot of the time a really physical pain. When you actually feel heartbreak, it really actually hurt. Like you have a pain in your heart and that's what you're avoiding. That's what you're not feeling. And if you stay in your head, you will never feel it. What also happens in a breakup is that every need that was getting fulfilled by your partner now needs to be met by yourself. So often it can be really helpful to write a list of every single value and need that your partner was giving you or providing you and find a new way to provide those things yourself. So let yourself feel sad, be patient with yourself and give yourself the time to grieve and feel the full extent of the pain. Give yourself full permission to feel whatever you are feeling because forcing yourself to feel better or feel anything else will just repress what you're going through. I'm sending you so much love. You have got this and you will get through this. The thing I am working on at the moment is something which I might have actually said before, but it would take way too much time to go through every single episode because I've made quite a few now and double check that I've not said it before. So I'm going to say it again because I also think it's important to emphasize that some changes you want to make in your life do take time and sometimes you forget about that change and you come back to it years later and sometimes you fall back into old habits. So what I am working on at the moment is not interrupting people. I don't know exactly why I interrupt people as much as I do. I think partially it's my hearing. I always hear what someone is saying about a second later. And I also think my mind moves very quickly. And so I want to jump in before I forget something. And then also I think it's because I simply get very excited and I talk very quickly and I want to say something but I don't like this part of myself I don't like the fact that I interrupt so I want to change it I think it can be seen as rude and the reason why I don't like it is because I think it can be seen as rude by some people and to other people they feel quite dismissed it's quite dismissive if you continually interrupt like you aren't actually listening The key to this and actually changing this is I need to slow down. I need to slow my brain down, but I also need to slow down the speed at which I'm talking. When life gets busy, I sometimes get this like frenetic energy where my brain doesn't stop thinking. And what it comes down to is your nervous system. When you're stressed, your body goes into sympathetic nervous system and your breathing quickens and your brain is on high alert and so is your body. But how to calm your body back down and go back into parasympathetic nervous system is to slow your breathing down. I'm actually doing it as I'm talking right now. And with that, you will notice that your mind quietens too. And as a result, I become better at listening. And you know what? I know I can do it because I do it when I'm on stage or on the radio or on TV. I'm very good at not interrupting when I am conscious about it. So on Q&A panels where there are multiple people on the stage, I am very good at not interrupting anyone. So if I can do it on stage, I can do it off stage as well and in real life. So that is what I'm currently working on. Thank you so much for all the questions. This podcast couldn't happen without all your voice notes. So I seriously appreciate everyone who sent me a question my way. If you want more episodes, I need more voice notes. And if you'd like to be part of a future episode, you can get your question answered by emailing me a voice note at inallhonesty at mindsetforlife.co.uk. The email address will be in the show notes below. And in the meantime, you can go get my book, The Joy of Being Selfish, or my first book, the one I mentioned earlier, Am I Ugly? Otherwise, you can find me online at Scared on all the things, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. 
and you can also find my TED talk online, Have You Hated Your Body Enough Today? I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Next week, we will be talking about red flags and I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 